My name's Toby, I'm the pastor here at St. Stephen's, and it'd be great if you could open your Bibles to Romans 7. Uh, We're going to be turning there in just a moment to continue our series. Uh, But as we begin, I want to get you to think about a question, or not a question, a fill in the blank. In a previous life, I was a maths teacher. It feels like a long time ago. Well, it was a long time ago. Uh, it was more than 15 years ago. A long time ago. Uh, in a previous life, I played footy, AFL. That feels like uh, an even longer time ago. and was an even longer time ago. Uh, and yet I, I, I still have these, these pictures in my mind of that, of that person that plays football and teaches maths, even though I don't do them anymore. And it feels like we use that language, don't we, in a previous life. Though I didn't really die. But it just feels such a different different place to now. I wonder how would you finish that sentence? In a previous life, I... What is it for you that you used to do, that you used to be, that now no longer is what you do, what you are. Just take a moment to think about it, maybe share it with the person next to you. In a previous life, I, I did what? Take a moment. Was anyone surprised by what their neighbour did in a previous life? <laughs> new revelations of what they got up to in their youth? We've been reading in Romans, haven't we, that God has revealed a way for us to be right with him. Righteous in his sight. And we've been reading, especially, that this righteousness is not one that we deserve. It's one that God gives us. It's his own righteousness. He gives us as a gift. And we receive it through faith in Jesus And as we've, as we've continued to think about this, we've read in Romans that this changes how we live, how we think about right and wrong. Our identity changes. We die with Christ. We've risen with him. We're no longer the, the person, the self of sin. That person is dead. That was a previous life. And we've seen most recently, yet last week, that because we are righteous as a gift by faith, we don't need to follow the law. It doesn't help get our righteousness before God. And indeed, we don't need the law to keep us in good moral order, to restrain us from sin. We have a new allegiance, not to obedience to law, an allegiance to Christ. We read that in chapter 6, verse 14, didn't we? Sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. This is the new arrangement. But for many people, many even Christians, the law still takes 
a very significant place in their thinking. This is the the law of Moses we're talking about, not the kind of Australia constitutional law or just the law of the kind of fundamental moral law that God puts into the world. No, we're talking about the law of Moses, that a special agreement between God and his people Israel. Many, many people today, the Christians and others alike, think that the law still has authority to tell us how to live. Well, Paul, as he writes this letter to Romans, he wants us to understand this is not the case. And so we, as we read the start of chapter 7, we see he makes this very clear. To think that the law still holds sway is a category error. It's a stark difference, as, as different as life and death. Now, would you read with me in Romans chapter 7, verse 1? Paul says, Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I'm speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives? Here's the key point he makes. The law has authority over someone only as long as they live. Death cuts off the law's authority. He goes on. Here's an example. For example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies... She is released from the law that binds her to him. So then if she has sexual relations with another man while her husband is still alive, she's called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she's released from that law and is not an adulteress if she marries another man. So my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. For when we were in the realm of flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us, so that we bore fruit for death. But now by dying to what once bound us, We have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. The law has authority only over someone until they die, Paul says. Once you die, that the authority law has doesn't exist anymore. Now, we know this, don't we? This is kind of, it makes sense. When you're part of something when you're alive, when you die, you stop being a part of it. Unless you're a member of the Victorian Labor Party, when it seems like you still can be enrolled to vote. Uh, But we know that's, that's a problem, isn't it? It's not supposed to work that way. And Paul uses the example of marriage. When you, when there's death, It ends the law's authority. 
So for an example of a, a, a wife, when her husband dies, the law of marriage that bound them together doesn't apply anymore. Death ends that law's authority. Uh, here you go. It's the picture of the widow. Uh, she's released by the death of her husband. She's not married to him anymore. In fact, she's free to marry another. That's what Paul's saying. Now, this is... It's a little bit... Uh, as an example, it's, it's how death in general ends law, isn't it? Because in this case, the woman is freed by the death of her husband. It's another person's death. But we get what he's saying. Death brings an end to that law. Is, is another arrangement uh, in, my, in my own experience. Uh, if you go to university, the government will lend you the money for your course fees and ask you to pay it back later when you've got a job and earn a certain amount of money. It's called the HELP or HEX scheme. Uh, very helpful. But do you know, if you have this, this debt to the government for your university education and you die, the debt ends. It's not passed on to your estate. It just ends. That arrangement, when you die... Stops being in place. There's no more authority from the government to make your estate pay back that debt. And Paul's making this point because he wants to be very clear to his readers that the Old Testament Mosaic law, that covenant arrangement between God and his people, the expectations of how they were to live in that relationship with him, that doesn't apply to them anymore because of death. Now, who has died? Well, Jesus has died. That's right. But as Paul has said several times through the last couple of chapters, when Jesus died... It is though we died with him. Our old self died, the self of sin. The old self that was bound under the law died. That's what he says in verse 4. So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. The Old Testament law that bound the Jews and that also bound uh, non-Jews who came to, came to relate to God in those days under the Old Testament, Old Covenant structure. It bound them to obedience it bound them to follow its requirements. The law sets out, here's what it means for you to live in relationship with God. 
Now Paul says, when you died with Christ, the law's authority over you died as well. Law is part of a previous life for these people. Now he's talking to he's talking to people who are either Jewish converts or perhaps what were called God-fearers, those who came to understand and worship the God of Israel but weren't Jews but came under their system. And there will also be, at that time, Gentiles who have come to know Jesus, who've become Christians without any Jewish background at all. And he wants them to be very clear, the law doesn't have authority over them anymore. Just like the widow, her now deceased husband doesn't continue on in marriage to her now that he's died. There's been a clear change. There's a couple of things to note about this change. The old way is the way of the law. Paul says when you lived in the realm of the flesh... It's talking about the sinful desires of our, of our human nature that are shaped and affected by the fall, twisted and broken, to not desire what's good, ultimately God. And this bears out in sinful passions that are aroused by the law, that's at work in them. We'll, uh, we'll think a little bit more about this next week. What does it mean for the law to arouse sinful passions? And how does God's law that he gives, how does that bring about something that's sinful? And the old way ultimately bore fruit for death. Living under the law didn't lead to good results. It led to death and its fruits. However, the new way is not belonging to the law and living under its authority. The new way is belonging to Christ. We might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead. And we serve in the new way. Not the way of the law, which arouses sinful desires. We serve in the way of the Spirit. Not in the way of the written code, just trying to live up to the standard. And this way, Paul says, leads to fruit for God. Now, there's a problem with the old way, it didn't work. There's a new way on offer, but Paul wants his readers to understand that we're not obligated to that old way. Even though it didn't work, it doesn't hold authority over these Christians. We need to, we need to think clearly about this too. Even though, even though most of us haven't 
come through the pathway of coming to understand the Jewish God and respect him and then finding out about the truth of Jesus. We haven't come through that, that sequence of being subject to the, the Mosaic law. We can still fall into the trap of regarding it as though it has authority. We can still act like, like we're in that old place again. Friends, don't treat the law as the boss. It would be silly, wouldn't it, for the widow to continue to live as though her husband were alive. To continue to do the things as though he were alive and, and, and their arrangement and marriage was, was still going. Is that, that arrangement of life has ceased when he died. She's free. She can marry another. She can make decisions without reference to the husband who's died. Surely some widows uh, still want to honour their deceased husband, and that's, that's right, but there's a difference, isn't there, between remembering and honouring and still living as though he's alive and she's bound to him. By marriage. It would be silly if I were to die for Kaz to pay back my hex debt to the government, even though it doesn't apply anymore. Don't treat the law as boss. Don't go to the law and think that it still has authority over you. In Christ, We have died to the law. Now, this is a temptation for Christians. We still read the law. We still read the Old Testament and understand how God related to the people in that time. And that's really helpful. But we don't read it as people of that old covenant. So we don't need to feel guilty when we don't apply it to ourselves. We don't need to feel guilty about eating prawns and pork. Some people struggle with it. We don't need to feel guilty that we don't take a day of rest on, the, on Saturday, the last day of the week, as God set up for those people, because we are not under that covenant. You don't need to feel guilty if you don't tithe 10% of your income as the Old Testament said for the people at that time. You might still want to give 10%, that's fine. You might work it out that it's less than 10% that you want to give. You might work it out as God loves a cheerful giver that you want to give more than 10%. But that expectation of clearly 10% is, is what we have to do that was part of the old covenant. And we don't have to get hung up on exactly, am I giving 10%? Am I fulfilling? Am I doing 10% of all my herbs that I'm growing in my backyard, kitchen garden? We're not under the law. And finally, if we don't feel guilty about following the law, about not following the law and all its demands... 
We're free from that. We don't need to feel guilty. We don't need to try and get better by following the law. We can't look to the law to help us as we see sin in our life. We're rightly concerned by sin as we see it come up. And Paul's already talked about that, hasn't he? That's, that's part of our identity as being new people in Christ. That's not what fits now. But we, we shouldn't look to the law to help us and kind of impose these regulations on us as if it's going to help us deal with sin. Because the fruit that trying to live under the law bore was fruit for death. It didn't help. We have a new way, don't we? A new way of serving serving our new risen Lord. We serve in the way of the Spirit, Paul says, verse 6. Not in the old way of the written code. Now, this is good news. And Paul, very shortly in chapter 8, is going to get very excited about it. <laughs> chapter 8 is one of the most exciting chapters in this whole letter. And Paul is going to go to town on how wonderful it is to be able to serve in the Spirit and not, not be bound by the written code. How much difference this makes to life. How much it changes us. Uh, but unfortunately, you'll have to wait until next year before we get into that. Uh, but you can read ahead if you like and, and start enjoying it now. Don't look to the law for help to reign in sin. We have been recreated in Christ as new people. We have been, we've died with him. We've risen with him. We live as his people belonging to him. And we enjoy the freedom of knowing our righteousness is given to us. Not worked out and earned. Now remember these, these verses from chapter 3? But now, Paul said, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. This is the good news, friends, isn't it? The law was not able to help, to make us righteous. Apart from the law, though, God offers us this gift of righteousness that can be received through faith. This gift is for everyone. It's for the Jews who were in that special arrangement with God, that Old Testament covenant, They can leave that law behind and embrace the righteousness in Christ, dying with him and rising to be new people, not bound under the law's authority. And this is good news 
for non-Jews, for people who never had that, that arrangement in place. God offers this righteousness to all. Perhaps you're someone here today who feels the weight of the law. These, these, these rules and expectations are still well known in our society, aren't they? You shall not murder. Honour your mother and father. Do not steal. Maybe you know that you haven't lived up to those expectations. You know that in God's sight you wouldn't be counted right. Friends, let me tell you, the good news of the Bible, the good news of Jesus is that you don't have to make yourself right before God. Jesus has done what is necessary. He just asks us to receive. It's good news. Don't let the law still hold you, still have a grip on you. Don't look to it. You've died to it. Friends, the law, at best, was part of a previous life. Though I can't really say that it was a previous life for me. I've I wasn't a Jew. I'm still not a Jew. I've never been in that covenant arrangement. But holistically, for God's people, it was, it is our previous life, isn't it? It was the way to relate to Him. But now it is not. Enjoy the freedom belonging to the risen Lord. Let me pray for us. Gracious God, we thank you that you have done what the law couldn't do. That you make a way for us to be right in your sight. Please protect us, guard us from falling into the trap of thinking the law is still our boss. Help us to enjoy the freedom that comes from belonging to Christ and serve in the newness, the new way of the Spirit. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.